Hello everyone, Alan Mishra here with another edition of the Vitality Explorer podcast. The purpose of our podcast, as always, is to optimize vitality one person at a time. We try to take the friction out of staying vital and we always start the podcast with a quote. And this one is from Edwin Land. Quote, creativity is the sudden cessation of stupid. I love this one. Creativity is the sudden cessation of stupid. Today, we're going to talk about the vitality blueprint, sort of a new framework to think about in terms of vitality. Can we run away from depression and boil a pot of water, not the ocean? So our goal, again, is to help you make deposits in your Vitality bank account. You can see the references to all of these on the Vitality Explorer Substack site where there are over 350 scientific posts and podcasts about how to live your most vital life. And we're going to start this one today with the Vitality Blueprint. Now, the Vitality Blueprint comes a little bit from my book, Dare to be Vital, your blueprint, your blueprint for leading a vibrant life. But when you think about a blueprint, you think about a specific plan, right? So the blueprint, and you can see the graphic on the Vitality Explorer Substack site, is sort of this target of what are the top eight things that you can think about in terms of improving how you live. And they, these things include sleep and closeness and discipline, fitness, hope, service, time, and purpose. These are all components of what I used to call the Vitality Octagon, but I like to think of it now as more of a blueprint, and we're going to talk about that in the context of my working definition for vitality, and that is vitality is purposeful, energetic, and connected living. And I, I hope the blueprint helps us as we conceptualize a way to execute on living our best possible life. Now, what I'm suggesting here is that that pathway requires us to master things like time management, discipline, pinpointing our peak purpose, our sleep patterns, our fitness or our overall sense of physical well-being, our closeness with others, our service in the context of others, and our overall hope in life. The post, I think, also serves in this podcast, I hope, as an introduction to this concept. But my goal, as always with Vitality Explorers, is to take the friction out of staying vital for busy people. So you can use this as a study guide. I recommend you read it. You can listen to it again if you want, but we're going to go over a few of these things. But step one, and there's five steps to this in terms of trying to learn how to use the Vitality Blueprint to help yourself, is to master time by making every moment count. Step one, master time by making every moment count. So consider each second precious and seek to live in the now. So this post, again, is going to be about specific, actionable things you can do. You can read about it. You can listen to this. But step one is to master your time. Sub-step one is to consider each second precious and to live in the now. Second suggestion about time is to spend your time on intrinsically valuable activities whenever possible. Now, what are intrinsically valuable activities? These are the things you know that have meaning or create meaning in your life. And the third suggestion about time is to avoid energy vampires. These are also known as a-holes. And to embrace energy angels. And we've talked about energy vampires in the past. Those are people or things that literally suck your blood or your bone marrow. When you are around them or when you are participating in these activities or hang out with these types of people, you don't feel better. You feel worse. 
So whenever possible, avoid energy vampires. And whenever possible, embrace energy angels. And these are people who make you feel better, people who empower you, or things that help you feel better about yourself or about your mission or purpose. The final one, which is a suggestion that with another whole post, is learn how to be ruthless with your time. So the link to that is on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. So step one, master time by making every moment count. Step two is to double down on discipline. Double down on discipline. So stop binging at the buffet of excuses. Embrace the challenge of staying focused and consistent. So that's really, really important. Third is to bet on yourself and become a person that does difficult things well. So step two, double down on discipline. Stop binging at the buffet of excuses. Embrace the challenge of staying focused and consistent. Bet on yourself and become a person that does things well. All right, step three, pinpoint your peak purpose. And you can identify this by figuring out what are you willing to suffer for. And then when you have figured out what you're going to willing to suffer for, because we are all going to suffer in this life, and we've talked about this before, um, you can start to use whatever unique talents, experience, and enthusiasm you have to enhance our world. All right? And then realize that if you have stacked up a series of meaningful moments in your life, that will lead to an overall meaningful life. So meaningful moments lead to a meaningful life. All right? There's a post up on Vitality Explorers you can find via a link, seven specific steps to pinpointing your peak purpose. Today, again, is about actionable things and actionable ways to use the Vitality Blueprint. Step four in that use of the Blueprint is to consider sleep a superpower and to stockpile health. So the best advice I have about sleeping better is to aim for a consistent sleep-wake schedule whenever possible. Number two is to remember that sleep is the foundation of your physical and mental well-being. You cannot be vital without sleeping well. So if you are not sleeping well, you know, identify specific ways you can improve on that. And the third, which is connected to it, which is one of the ways to sleep better, is to exercise relentlessly. That is stockpiling health. That is putting money in your vitality bank account for your future well-being. And whenever you do these two things, when you consider sleep a superpower, when you stockpile health consistently, when you double down on discipline, your future self will be thanking you. All right. Again, there's a link to a whole post about how to optimize your sleep on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. And step five, the final step in beginning to learn how to use the Vitality Blueprint is to build meaningful connections. Okay, And that is to prioritize the development of close relationships with four people. Serve others in need whenever possible and spark hope by being a beacon of optimism. I'm going to repeat this. Step five. Build meaningful connections. Prioritize the development of close relationships with four people. Serve others in need whenever possible and spark hope by being a beacon of optimism. Let's review the five steps to using the Vitality Blueprint. Number one is to master time by making every moment count. Number two, double down on discipline. Number three, pinpoint your peak purpose. Number four, consider sleep a superpower and stockpile health. And number five, build meaningful connections. All right, these are the things that I I hope are meaningful for you. Time and purpose are at the center of the Vitality Blueprint on purpose, and they are in larger fonts because they are the most important parameters to master. The other six parameters work in concert with time and purpose to help us build the life we want to live. 
Now, again, this is a new concept that I've come up with. This is something I think um, has been resonating with some of my students and Vitality clients. I welcome people to comment on that and look uh, at the, the graphic that I created on the, on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. You can also subscribe at vitalityexplorers.com to a free text message newsletter. If you're enjoying what you're listening, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please share this with your friends and family to enhance their vitality. We're going to move on now to the second topic for this week, and that is, is it possible to run away from depression? That is really the subtext is why just 20 minutes of exercise can improve our mental health. And again, this is based on peer-reviewed published data. Um, this is a disclaimer to this post is this is for information purposes only. Please seek professional help if you're having any symptoms of depression. Now, I don't really mean we should run away from depression. I think we can figuratively think about that in the context of running or briskly walking five times per week. And that scientifically has been shown to lower our risk of depression. And this is connected to the one of the core concepts of Vitality Explorers, and that is you cannot be vital by being idle. And this is a snarky phrase I've often used. It's impossible to lead your life, you know, like if you're Homer Simpson sitting on the couch, drinking beer, eating pizza, and, and playing video games. We must get up and get moving if we want to live in the vitality zone. Now, what's cool and what's interesting is that extensive research now continues to confirm that exercises reduce the risk of depression for both young and old people. And we're going to go over two or three, uh, two or three papers. The first was sort of association between physical activity and the incidence of depression. And it really kind of just goes down pretty, pretty steeply if, if people just start to get, get going. Um, two other studies that I want to highlight were one in college students, and there was a meta-analysis of randomized controlled trials. And here are the two critical conclusions from this, this first study. And the, the study was entitled, Effects of Physical Exercise Intervention on Depressive and Anxious Moods of College Students, a Meta-Analysis of Randomized Controlled Trials. Findings, number one, quote, the meta-analysis confirms the effective and positive role of physical exercise in reducing depressive and anxious moods of college students. Number two, from early intervention to early prevention, exercise can prevent college students from having depression and reducing the risk of anxiety. So a total of 24 randomized control trials were included in the study and almost 1,700 participants. So this is uber elite data um, the total exercise uh, time for each study varied. The, the range of total participation was about 12 weeks or three months, three times a week, and 60 minutes of exercise. But I think it is fair to say this study provides elite evidence supporting data that exercise can reduce anxiety and depression in college students. Now, I'm aware of some data where you know up to 45 or even 50% of incoming freshmen at certain universities are having significant issues with anxiety and depression. This is a massive, massive problem, and we need all hands on deck. We need all specific ways we can do to reduce or potentially even eliminate the risk for the young people who have this, and I think exercise is an under-recognized way we can do that. All right, the second study uh, looked at older adults, okay, and this study was physical exercise dose and depression in a cohort of older adults. And here's the primary conclusion from that study, and this is even more interesting, in that just 20 minutes per day, five days a week, that's 100 minutes a, a, a week, 20 minutes per day, five days a week of moderate intensity activity may be sufficient to lower 
the risk of depressive symptoms and odds of major depression over time amongst older adults. Think about that. 20 minutes, five days a week, can reduce your risk of having depression in older adults. And this one, this particular study looked at 4,016 older adults over a 10-year period of time. And that, that finding of just 20 minutes was lower than the present recommendations. All right, so here's some specific findings, and some of these are a little bit in the weeds, but people with chronic disease who did vigorous exercise um, had a 8% lower rate of depressive symptoms and a 44% lower risk of depression. People without chronic disease needed to exercise almost three times or almost two to three times as much to get the same protection. So what they found basically is that people who had a lot of issues, a lot of chronic disease, it was a very small amount. If you were already in really good shape, then you didn't have as much benefit. That, make, that kind of makes some sense. But the study also discussed how 110,000 deaths per year could, um, could be prevented in older adults if moderate exercise were increased by just 10 minutes per day. So here's the final conclusion of that important study. Quote, to our knowledge, this is the first longitudinal investigation from a nationally representative cohort of older adults with and without chronic disease to observe that a lower dose of moderate to vigorous exercise um, was associated with a reduced risk of depressive symptoms and major depression in a 10-year period. So here's sort of the Vitality Explorer analysis on this one. So the two studies together had about 5,700 patients or study subjects, and collectively they, they are really powerful evidence that exercise is a great way to reduce depression. All right, now we, again, how much do we talk about that? We don't talk about it enough. I think ideally we can aim for about 60 minutes of exercise at least three times a week if we want to be definitive about reducing our risk of depression. But the new data, which we just talked about, suggests that as little as 20 minutes five times a week could be helpful for older people who have some chronic disease. So more investigations are needed to identify the minimum threshold. But here are some specific suggestions. These are sort of immediate suggestions. Number one, initiate a global exercise movement to reduce the epidemic of mental health issues that plague our world. I call it Move Now. I've done this before. We can call it, I encourage people to get out there and post things about Move Now or exercise relentlessly. That's number one. Number two, design programs at colleges to help students engage in more physical activity. We've kind of legislated away gym class in high school or even in middle school, but We've done that at the disservice of not just our physical health, but also at, at our mental health. And the third goes along with that, and that is design programs aimed at older adults to get them moving for at least 20 minutes. And then finally, and most importantly from a, from a provider and physician standpoint, exercise should be considered a primary and adjuvant treatment option to, create, to help prevent depression. We just simply do not consider it, and the data absolutely supports exercising relentlessly. So you can see the, the references to this particular post on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. This is something I'm really passionate about. I think we can really make a difference if we think about how little needs to be done to get a significant improvement in a horrific problem that we are facing globally right now. And that's anxiety, depression, and mental health. And uh, again, I'm, I welcome comments from mental health professionals. As an orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine specialist, I am an expert in, in, in exercise for people of all ages to help prevent their musculoskeletal complaints. And I welcome the opportunity to collaborate with my colleagues across specialties to figure out how to optimally deploy exercise as a way to mitigate the mental health crisis. 
And we're going to finish this week's Vitality Explorer podcast with a post about boiling water, okay? And here's my sort of snarky title for this, Boil a Pot of Water, Not the Ocean. And this is in the context of learning how to execute on your dreams. So boil a pot of water, not the ocean is a mantra that I've really been saying to myself over and over again as I try to realize my dream of optimizing global vitality. And this isn't unique, but it was unique to me, is that I've discovered that discipline applied over time has almost infinite power. And I've been maniacal, I really have, in my efforts to get, to, to, to really try, whatever, I, whatever successful is for Vitality Explorers, I've been maniacal in my efforts over the last two years. I've been producing uh, content and delivering it every single week, and sometimes I only have about 10 minutes a day to do that. But what I guess I realized is, about 10 minutes is what it takes to boil a pot of water on the on, on the stove. So if I make hard-boiled eggs, I, I set it for 11 or 12 minutes, but the water's boiling by around 10 minutes, okay? And I've also found that I need to create time to execute on what my dream is. And that is requires sort of eliminating tasks, tasks that are not essential to that dream. That's a very difficult thing, which we've talked about many times when we talk about thinking with time in mind. But very soon, in the month of August, I will be celebrating the two-year anniversary of Vitality Explorers. And here's what I've created in the last two years. 300 scientific posts that hopefully lead to a vital life. 75 now, sorry, 76 now, 77 podcast episodes. This is the 77th podcast. Uh, I, I published a second edition of Dare to be Vital, which you can find on Amazon. I've taught my Stanford Energize Your Life class eight times. I've led vitality discussions at Cambridge University, Stanford, Michigan, Tiger 21, the Camel Trophy Summit, and just recently at the 10th Annual Tugboat Summit, amongst many others. Um, and what I found is that I, I never would have thought I'd been able to do all that. And I, I discounted that the value of effort over time. And I think we can stagger ourselves because within each one of us is the ability to do that. It may just be one pot of water at a time. That total effort encompasses now over 2,000 pages uh, written, reading hundreds of scientific articles, but it's been a labor of love. I absolutely love doing this. I never feel like I'm wasting my time when I'm doing it, when I'm reading articles or I'm writing about vitality. Uh, it's been a pleasure to share this with this audience. You know, please know that I'm really appreciative of anybody and everybody who reads or listens to this work because every time somebody does that, even if it's just one person, I'm moving closer to the dream of optimizing vitality on a global scale. So I have some suggestions, some ideas, some thoughts. I want you to think about this. I want you to pause for a moment. What is your dream? What is it that you want to have done with your life? Give yourself 10 minutes to answer those two questions today. Turn your phone off. Just use a piece of paper and a pen. Write down those thoughts, feelings, and idea. And then, then have bias towards action. Okay? Now, bet on yourself to deliver that dream. I want you to go into the bathroom, look in the mirror, look yourself right in the mirror and say, I am going to deliver on my dream. And here's something fascinating. The minute, excuse me, the nanosecond that you bet on yourself, your confidence soars. Your ability to smash through barriers just crazily goes through the roof. And interestingly, your efficiency rises because when you have defined your dream, when you decide to bet on yourself 
and you know what that dream is, you know what your peak purpose is, then you start to say no to other things that are not helping you get to that endpoint for your dream. Remember, however, that execution takes efforts and effort, and you really have to be an essentialist. So another suggestion, rank order all the things you gotta do, and then in a given day or a given week or a given month, and then you've got to identify two that are not essential, or three, or maybe five, but just get them out of your list, cross them out, and then commit to doing using that time to work towards your dream. And even if you're insanely busy, the whole point of this post, Carve out 10 minutes to work on your dream every single day. Finally, maintain the discipline even or especially in the face of doubt. Survive each moment just to fight on. And one of the ways you can do that is just to keep a record of how your time and your effort. Like I keep a record of how many minutes per day that I write. I try to write an average of 30 to 40 minutes per day. I sometimes get as little as 10 and sometimes as much as you know two or three hours but I have written every single day for almost six years now. And I kind of reward myself um, for doing that. Um, it helps me be disciplined when I put my minutes into my Excel spreadsheet. And I think I'm just a little bit closer to whatever that dream is. Um, and what's happening now is that windows of opportunity have now been opening for me to deploy my work in ways that I never thought were possible. And I, I think it's because I've been boiling countless pots of water. That's what's led me to these windows of opportunity. And I know that there's a lot more water, unfortunately, to be boiled to get closer to executing on those opportunities. But I'm hoping, I'm dreaming, I'm praying that someday I will reach that distant shore of where my dream is. And you know, even if I get there, or when I get there, excuse me, I know that I'll continue to boil the water that, that leads to meaningful work. And that, and that analogy continues to resonate with me. Because boiling water, it do, not, doesn't just take time, it takes effort. And it, it can sometimes hurt to, to do that if you scald yourself on the boiling water. Um, maybe I'm a little too far over my skis on this one. You can post your comments about this concept of boiling water and not the ocean on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. There's other and things you can listen to in terms of optimizing your quality time remaining. Um, I, I hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Vitality Explorer podcast. Uh, we've talked about the Vitality Blueprint. We've talked about how we can uh, run away from, potentially run away from depression by being more uh, active. And remember, it's as little as 20 minutes uh, five times a week for older people and about 60 minutes three times a week for college students. And then we finished with learning how to boil a pot of water, not the ocean. Uh, just as a reminder, the quote for this week is, creativity is the cessation of, the, of stupid by Edward Land. If you're enjoying this, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get this, uh, pod, wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to continue to make daily deposits into your Vitality bank account. Our goal, our mission here with the podcast with the Vitality Explorer Substack site is to optimize Vitality one person at a time. I want to thank everybody for listening, and I hope you enjoy your next week here on planet Earth. And as always, get out there and dare to be vital. <laughs>